Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, let it, if you haven't said it yet, let it come out. Forget about who's around you. Hallelujah, Lord, you're great. Lord, you're awesome. Lord, you're powerful. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm very thankful for many things today. I'm very thankful for the fact I got to wear a coat that I paid good money for that I never get to wear. Thankful for that. Doesn't matter the fact that I just live a short distance and I go right from my car to a heated house. It doesn't matter. Those few steps, could I could die. But today I had a jacket and I'm so thankful for it. Amen. God is so good to all of us and so thankful for all the hard work um, of the Sunday school staff, which are working hard again, uh, but wonderful time Friday night and uh, so happy to see so many great friends here. We have two great evangelists with us here, the joy by the victor. Other places, their brother can't tell him brother Jackson, but here it's brother Joey and brother Victor, the evangelist. And uh, I'm, we're so thankful for what God is doing for with them, all over, um, and blessing so many churches. And so happy they're here, and so happy you're all here. Now, before you're seated, we're going to pray, and um, I will let you know that uh, I'm going to be preaching to myself today, and you get to listen in. Um, and I always preach harder to myself than I preach to you, so just want to prepare you for that. Seriously, I, I feel like the Lord is trying to stir me and stir this church to be closer to Him. And so I'm going to be preaching with fervor and with passion, and I, I pray that as you listen in to me preaching to myself that you will take some of it on yourself. I am preaching, I, I preach this at Refresh, those of you who do not know, Refresh, if some people are not able to drive at night or uh, work at nights and you're not able or sometimes go to school, not able to get to midweek services or even Sunday night services, on Thursdays from 1.30 to 2.30 we have a what we call a Refresh service, so that's on Thursday, um, and I, I, I rarely preach, I, a few messages I've preached there and preached here. But this is something I preached this week, and I haven't been able to get away from it because I feel like God is needing us and needing me to step in. So let's pray before we're seated. Ask God to touch us today. Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, I'm so thankful for your spirit. Oh, God, God, help me, God, to preach this today. God, let me preach myself to an altar, God, in every hungry heart. In the name of the Lord Jesus. God, move freely here today. God, I pray that the Holy Ghost will take over. Oh, God, let, let one of us leave this place the same way we came. God, from the youngest to the oldest, God, uh, every saint, every sinner, every sinner, every backslider, every lukewarm, every one of us, let us be challenged today and let us be stirred. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. God is so good. And if you know he's good, why don't you clap your hands as you're seated in the name of Jesus. My mother would read us books as we 
would travel down the road when I was a kid and uh, sitting at the fire with my uh, children last night. I was thinking about um, mom always reading things to us. Now, the truth of the matter is most of the time she would read us things out of the newspaper that would scare us from doing anything she did not want us to do. And uh, you'd be surprised the horrible things she read to us. And then she would say, now, see, that's why we don't. But she read all kinds of different things, and uh, most books um, that uh, are just known to many people, one of which I think most of us read when we were children, uh, and it was the story of the princess and the pea. Anybody read the story of the princess and the pea? Man, it's been a while, but it's, it's there. Um, the princess and the pea was this prince wanted to get married, and... Uh, and when you look at the story of the princesses, he would go around to all the princesses, and he was, they would call themselves princesses, but whenever they would test them, it turned out they called themselves royalty, but they weren't truly royalty. Uh, they really did not have what, it, what they were looking for, and they, they would pretend to be princesses, and they were not true princesses. Well, one night, uh, as this prince was looking for this princess, uh, there was a storm that hit that night, and there was a knock at the door. And the king and the queen uh, went to the door. They opened the door, and there stood a young lady. Uh, she proclaimed herself to be a princess, uh, and they invited her in, and they were uh, making her warm, and they, because the storm was so fierce, uh, they let her stay overnight. But uh, they wanted to know for sure that she was a princess. So what the queen did is she took a pea and put it on the bottom mattress, and then she st- stacked 20 mattresses on top of this mattress, and then they gave this uh, princess the opportunity to stay the night. The next morning, uh, as they were sitting around the table and the princess came down from the room, they asked, how did you sleep? And, and she said, I slept horribly. Said there was something in my bed. It kept me up all night long. I'm probably going to be bruised. I'm going to be sore. And by this, they knew that she was truly a princess because she was sensitive to this small pea that was under 12 mattresses. So the search for royalty was one of sensitivity. And when they found someone that was sensitive, they knew that this was one that truly had royalty running through her veins to be sensitive is to quick to detect and respond to slight changes to signals and to just simple things that happen around you we know this normally by what we know as our five senses of course that is our sight our are the sound, the touch, the smell, the taste, these five senses that we live with every day, that we can feel things out, we can touch things. And, and, and life has a way of these senses really directing us. We, uh, my my uh, son um, walked up to the fire last night. Of course, we had the screens closed and everything, but he walked up and he didn't touch it. He just put his hand, he said, hi. That's hot, if you don't know. Now, now, Brother Joey and Sister Jessica's child can say full sentences, but ha is great for right now for Joshua. Um, but, but we are, but, but it, it was sensitive already, a young age, realizing when I'm walking close, I don't have to get in it. There's a sensitivity. There, 
our senses take over and, and we can begin to feel things and begin to recognize things. And, and then there are things that happen which uh, they, they talk about that sensory overload, that, that your senses get so uh, overwhelmed, there's so much noise that you get overwhelmed by the sound or, or maybe touching something hot, you are overwhelmed by the feeling and the touch. It, it's an overload and life has a way of putting us in that overload of life. I have seen people and, and, and it's just like there's so much coming at them that, that they're overloaded. I'm looking at people here today that you feel that, like you are overloaded with the senses that are around you. You don't think you can hear it again. You don't think you can be touched by it again. You don't think you can be around anything like that again. Uh, you have dealt with it so much. It has so pressed down on you that, that you don't know what to do with it. And it seems like it's not just one area of your life, but it's multiple areas that just keep coming at you, and you begin to fall, find yourself uh, sinking down into a corner, trying to get away. Uh, so many senses, so many things that are happening around us. Then there is something that has been coined that's called the sixth sense. A power to perceive beyond the five senses is what it's known as. We call it walking in the spirit. It's a sixth sense. It goes beyond anything that you would understand in the natural realm. It's going beyond what you see, what you touch, what you hear, what you smell, what you taste. It goes beyond these things that we allow to dictate our lives. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 10. And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with enticing speech of wisdom or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in trembling when the senses were overloaded. There I was in weakness. There I was with fear. There with much trembling for myself and those around me. But even in those times I realized the five senses is not what I was looking for, but my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. He said, you've got to go beyond the five senses. I believe we are living in a world that is trying, that we are in overload with the five senses. And we keep trying to operate in this world in the natural sense. And the more we try to operate, the farther we are pushed in a corner because that's not how to get out of it. But Paul was saying, when there's weakness and fear and trembling, that's when I reach for a sixth sense. That's when I reach for the Spirit. I am here preaching to people that you're tired and you're weary but it's time today to get a hold of something that's greater than yourself I am looking across the congregation not just today but over the last few weeks certain people that weariness is all over your face pressed down trembling trembling 
fear. Allowing the world to dictate your next move. Paul says, I, I see all these things, but the answer is not for me to counsel you out of it. I don't come, even though there's fear and there's, there's worry and there's stress and there's all the things pressing down on you, I do not come with you with a, with a counselor's mindset. I come to you in the Spirit because what you're dealing with is an overload of the natural. And the only way to get past it is to tap in to the Spirit. The only way for you to step over the line is for you to tap into something that you can't touch and you can't see, but it's real. Nevertheless, I'm here telling somebody today that God is calling you out of a natural place and into a spiritual place. Oh, everybody, lift your hands. I feel the Holy Ghost. We're not talking foolishness, but we're not talking the wisdom of this world. He goes on to say, how be it we speak wisdom among you that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world. It's not that you speak crazy, but it's a wisdom that goes beyond this world. None of the princes of this world understood these things. None of them understood what was happening, but we speak the wisdom of God in, uh, in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the worlds for our glory. <laughs> you can spend a while there which is none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory because his glory has become our glory. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared. I believe that that is including heaven, but not exclusively for heaven. It is all the things that God has prepared for you, but you get no thing that God prepared for you in the natural. The only way to get the things that God prepared for you is to get in the Spirit. But God hath revealed them to us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. My relationship with God is shallow. God is not shallow. The depths of God cannot be uh, uh, seen, cannot be explored. Even his creation, we still have not reached to the depths of the oceans, uh, nor to the heights of the heavens. Uh, God is not shallow. It is our perception of him. And us trying to relate with him naturally instead of getting in the spirit. We must wake up and realize we must live beyond our five senses. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, 
but against principalities and powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. The reason you're not winning the battle is you're trying to fight it in the natural. But the battle you're fighting needs to be a spiritual battle. Today, you need to look the enemy in the eye and in the Holy Ghost, take over, take authority, and take control. See, this is the problem. If you start preaching about spiritual things, it makes people antsy. That's why our churches have decided that we're going to preach little seminars about things and we're going to tell people naturally how to get out of things because we no longer plug into the Spirit. That's been happening ever since the beginning. It's exactly right. What is known as the last rites that people call and say, hey, we're going to, you know, someone's dying, won't you come minister the last rites? That came from something in Scripture that said if there were any sick among you, let them call for the elders of church. They're going to come and pray. But the whole point was that the Lord is going to save the sick. The Lord's going to raise them up. But because they stopped moving in the spirit and caused it natural, now we just come and pray a death prayer instead of praying with faith. What I'm talking about moving in the spirit uh, gets you into hope uh, and gets you out of depression. Uh, I'm talking about something bigger than you're facing, greater than you're facing. I'm trying to shake somebody up today that say it's time for you uh, to start living uh, in the spirit. You can look at me with cold eyes if you want to, but you're living in depression. You're living under a weight that you can't handle on your own. It's time for you to shake yourself. It's time for you to move yourself and get out of this flesh and get in the spirit. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, good preaching, preacher. I don't need to be a good preacher today. I'm trying to prod you. I'm trying to poke you. I'm trying to stir you. It's time for us to get in spirit. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. You may be seated. Let me tell you why you may be seated. Because the people that got it right now are the people that always have it. The people reaching for the spirit are the ones always. I'm not reaching for those that are already reaching the spirit. I'm trying to shake somebody up. If you came here today just to kind of run through this service, I'm not going to let you do it because you're dealing with things that's bigger than you. And you're living under depression. You can't figure out what's going on. And everything weighs down on you. And everything that happens seems to drive you crazy when all you have to do is learn to stop living just by the five senses and get into that sixth sense. That's the Spirit of God. Understand, understand this.
that God desires to be sensitive to you. Luke 8, 43. And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which has spent all, she, all of her living upon physicians, but they weren't helping her at all. She just, she wasn't healed. She, nothing was happening. She was doing her part. Nothing was happening. But this woman came behind him and touched the border of his garment. And immediately, the issue of her blood stops. And Jesus says, who touched me? And Peter, being a good man that he was, looks and says, really? Who touched you? Do you not see the multitudes that are thronging thee? They're past you all about. And you ask the question, who touched me? See, Peter's issue is our issue. He was on century, uh, it was overload. There was so much touching going on. There was so much shouting going on. That's all he could recognize. All, all, everybody, everyone was saying, who touched you? What are you talking about? I'm being touched. I'm trying to keep people off of you. They're reaching around. What are you talking about? But Jesus was saying, no, there's something bigger than the five senses that just touched me. Somebody with the depths of their soul, somebody deep within themselves has reached out and touched me. Verse 48, somebody touch me, for I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. There is a different level you can live at. And God recognizes when you clap your hands, and it's wonderful. God recognizes when you lift your hands, and it's wonderful. But what God is looking for is somebody in their soul and in their spirit to begin to reach out to him. It's beyond the ordinary. It's beyond what everybody else is doing. Everybody's clapping. Everybody's lifting their hands. Everybody's dancing. But somebody has just got a hold of God because there's something inside. I don't care what people think. I don't care what people say. There's something inside of me that's driving me. I've got to touch him with a purpose that's greater. God desires to be sensitive to you. Hebrews 4.15 For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities but was in all points tempted like we are yet without sin. What was the point? 
of feeling my affirmities. Hebrews 2, 18. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to secure them that are tempted. The whole reason he wanted to feel is so when you came to him, he would know what you're talking about. At all points. No, now he don't know what I went through. At all points, the Bible says, uh, he was tempted. Uh, and the reason why uh, is so he can wrap you up. God desires to be sensitive to the needs of every single person in this place. Every single person in this place. God desires to know, to feel, know what's going on. But in return, God asked for us to be sensitive to him. John 3 and 8. The wind blows where it listeth. And you hear the sound thereof, but canst not tell where it cometh, whether it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. If you're born of the Spirit... He didn't say the Spirit was like the wind. It says, so is every one that is born of the Spirit. He's saying when the wind blows, you don't know where it's coming. You don't know where it's going. That's the way you need to be. What it's saying is when the Spirit moves you this way, you've got to move that way. And the Spirit says, stop. You've got to stop. And the Spirit says, turn around. You've got to turn around. He's saying, listen, you've got to be sensitive. Just like the wind blows, you can't always know your next step. Everybody's saying, let me do a plan. Let me figure out the next step. But just like you can't figure out the wind's next step, you can't take, figure out your next step what you must do is be sensitive enough to the spirit that when the spirit draws you you go with him some people are not even aware of the spirit of God I know it's cold outside I don't know if we have no air on but it's hot up here not even aware of the spirit of God don't even know what's going on. Don't know what's happening. Genesis 28, 16, and Jacob were waking out of his sleep and said, Surely the Lord was in this place, and I knew it not. I don't want to be one of the ones that after everything is done and gone and the service is over and everyone's left uh, and we say, wow, uh, man, I'm talking to a friend uh, and I say the Lord was in that place. Uh, man, wait a minute. Uh, I didn't get a blessing. Uh, wait a minute. Uh, I didn't get a hold of it, that angel. Uh, wait a minute. Uh, nothing happened with me. Uh, the Lord was there, uh, but I didn't know it. Uh, Jacob didn't make that mistake twice. Uh, the next time an angel showed up, uh, he grabbed that angel and said, I'm not going to let you go uh, until you bless me. Uh, if you've been in services before that you left and you was like wow the Holy Ghost was there today don't make the same mistake today get a hold of him today say you're mine today I'm taking you home with me I'm not gonna let you go until you bless me there are some that are unaware even here and now the spirit can be moving And there's nothing there. I'll talk about why in a minute. Others have hardened their heart. 
Others have fallen by seduction of this world. 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 2. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly. Hear what the Spirit is saying. That in lighter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits, doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Said that the seduction of this world brings you to a point of having your conscience seared. There are some that have just been seduced by this world. Just little by little. They don't walk at you with a red hot poker. No. No, it was a seduction of this world that brought you in. And then once you were so entangled, all of a sudden your conscience is seared with a hot iron and you start making excuses for everything that you do in your life Why there is no more connection between you and God. The Spirit speaks expressly today that you must wake up. You must not allow yourself to just be lulled asleep and be seduced by the things of this world. It's time for Souls Harbor. It's time for the oldest saint and the youngest saint. It's time for the newest person and part of this church. It's time for every guest, every backslider. It's time for each and every one of us to wake up. Those that are watching me online, you've got to wake up. You've got to wake up. Don't be lulled asleep. Some have hardened their own heart. Psalms. 95, 8, harden not your heart. As in the days of Providence, when, as in the days where the temptation of the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works. Tempting God. Trying to prove God. Trying to see how far you can push the envelope still make it to heaven 40 years long was I grieved because I felt it with this generation and said it is a people that do err in their heart and they have not known my ways the problem was is they were not flowing with the spirit the ways of God have went its way, and they have went their way. They were not being led by the Spirit. They just kind of had their own thing going on. But see, it's how we deal with these things. All of us deal with things. But see, the difference between the two kings of Saul and David was when Saul had sinned, and he had messed up and done things. He tried to jump ahead of the man of God and the will of God. I'm going to do my own sacrifices. I don't need the prophet. He's too late. The five senses are telling me. Uh, people are getting antsy. Uh, the five senses are telling me uh, I've got to do something quick. Uh, the five senses are telling me uh, it's time to make a move. Uh, so I go out and I do my own altar. Uh, and because uh, of disobedience to God, uh, all of a sudden uh, there's a curse of God on his life. Uh, but Saul, uh, he is so 
focused uh, on the outward appearance uh, that he looks at the man of God. Uh, it says, even after the man of God says, uh, you are rejected of God. Uh, God is not no longer with you. Uh, he says, please walk with me. Uh, so people think it's okay. Uh, he looked at the man of God uh, and said, just walk on, walk with me. Uh, you want to know why? Uh, it's because he wasn't being led by the Spirit. Uh, he knew the people wasn't going to be led by the Spirit either. Uh, and what was going to happen with them uh, is they were going to see with their eyes uh, and not with their spirit uh, and think Saul was okay. Uh, because when the leadership, uh, Jason Barnum, uh, is not led by the Spirit, uh, the people will not be led by the Spirit. Uh, you're going to be fooled uh, if we're not locked in together. Uh, and so pray for me. Uh, and I'm going to pray for you. Uh, and we're going to be led by the Spirit. Uh, we're going to walk in the Spirit. Uh, we're going to move in the Spirit. Uh, that's what it's got to David Yeah, keep praying, keep praying. Hala boki si tadr banda ha. Hi ataye la bosoto banda ha. He Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. The question is, Saul, David, what are you going to do when the mirror is held up? What are you going to do when the pastor starts pushing? and reaching and looking right straight at you and saying you're not spiritual you're not walking in the spirit yeah you're here yeah you're doing it but you're really not walking in the spirit How, what's your reaction is it the reaction of Saul oh I hope everyone thinks I'm okay I hope I just walk alright where people think it's alright or is it the spirit of David that falls on his face and says God forgive me create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me take not thy presence from me don't let me lose the spirit. What happens when pastors start saying things and holding up a mirror? What's going to happen to your spirit? Are you withdrawing or are you leaning in even now as I preach? Huh? Oh, my God. I me and the devil's having a fight right now, but I'm going to win this thing. You hear me? We can't be a church that looks the part, but we're not the part. See, it's a search for royalty. And the search for royalty is about are you sensitive enough uh, to even notice the little things uh, that are popping up in your life uh, that's causing you to lose your walk with God, uh, that's causing your children to fall short of God. Uh, God's on a search for royalty, uh, and the royalty search uh, is one of sensitivity. Let me tell you something. God help me. God help me. God help me. Jesus. 
There's a big difference between being used by God and being sensitive to God. Being used by God. I've prayed for years, but that's really not what I want to be. I want to be sensitive to God because God will use things. God will use the king of Egypt. God will use a donkey. God will use a heathen. God just uses things that he can use. I don't want to be used because there comes a point. Oh, God, help me. 2 Kings 19, 28. Because thy rage against me, as torment has come up into mine ears, therefore I will put a hook in thy nose, and I will put a bridle in thy lips, and I will turn thee back from the way that thou comest. I don't want to get to the point that God has to put a bridle in me before I do his bidding. God has to put a hook in my nose and begin to drag me places and have me do things. And then if I'm not careful, even though I'm kicking and screaming all the way, I look back and say, man, I've been used by God. I don't want to be just used by God. I want to be sensitive to God. I want the Spirit... I want to be sensitive because if I fall on the rock, I'll be broken. But if I wait for the rock to fall on me, I'll be crushed to powder, the Bible says. Snipers, they tell me that they take their finger so that they're sensitive and they file away their finger so they can shoot and it's sensitive on the trigger. What that is, is a, it's a final way of the flesh. Let me get some of that flesh away, that deadness away, that, so I can feel. You want to know how to be sensitive to the Spirit? You've got to start filing some of that flesh away. The things that make you feel so good in your five senses may not be doing so well in the spirit realm. You've got to be willing to look at and say, you know what? It's not going to be comfortable, but I'm willing to go ahead and get rid of some of this so I can be sensitive to the spirit once again. I want to be sensitive because while Peter did not do everything right, he was sensitive and he missed some cues here and there, but he was sensitive. Whenever the God was looking for someone, who do you say that I am? He was sensitive enough to say, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he looks back and says, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood did not reveal this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. It was a spirit revelation. It was beyond just a Bible study where I can convince you of something. It was a spirit transformation from one to another. The reason I believe he was chosen to preach on the day of Pentecost is his sensitivity. He didn't always get it right. There on the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus and Elijah, oh, wait a second. Let's build three temples. He didn't know what he was doing. All he knew is he felt something. 
Something needs to happen. Something needs, I don't know. And, and hey, he, he didn't get what he wanted, but Jesus was watching the sensitivity. And after Jesus was taken in the night, Peter rose up with flesh and blood with a sword. He rose up and he goes to cut the guy's head off. He gets his ear cut off and Jesus stops him. Wait a minute. I'm here. I'm ready to die for you, Jesus. What are you doing? Jesus picks up the ear and puts it back on. He that lives by the sword will die by the sword. He says, now, go your way. The disciples run in the night, and Peter runs too, but not so far. He starts following afar off. John is close, but none of the other disciples are there, and Peter is walking and getting closer and closer. And in verse Luke, 20, Luke 22, and verse 54, and he took him, and they led him and they brought him to the high priest's house and Peter followed afar off. He's watching. He's looking. And when they kindled a fire in the midst of the hall, he went and sat down together and Peter sat down among them and a certain maid behold him and by sitting by the fire and looked earnestly and said, you're one of him. And verse 57, he denied and said, woman, I know him not. And a little while later he saw another and said, you were with him. And he said, man, I don't I don't know him I am not I'm not the one and a little bit later it happened again in verse 60 and Peter said man I know not what thou sayest I don't know what you're talking about and the cock begins to crow and in verse 61 and the Lord turned and looked upon Peter and Peter remembered the words all it took was a look there was a sensitivity that he didn't have to grab Peter, shake Peter. It was in the moment that all it took was a look from the Lord. And the sensitivity of Peter. God, you told me this would happen. The sensitivity of just a look. Why was he chosen to preach on the day of Pentecost? The sensitivity of just a look from God. Not a word spoken. Not a head nod. Nothing but piercing eyes looking at him. And Peter is smote in his heart. Others would kiss the betrayal. Others would come against him. But not Peter. I don't want to be overridden by my senses. I want to be sensitive to a look from God. I don't want God to have to grab me out of his seat. Pull me down to an altar. I don't want God to have to shake my home before I wake up. I want to look. And Jesus comes out of the grave, and the angel is there speaking in Mark 16 7. Behold, the angel says to them, Go tell the disciples and Peter. I want him to know not only is he sensitive to me, I'm sensitive to him. I saw what was in his heart that moment. I saw not only Peter, but I saw Paul when he was on his way. And I said, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks uh, because I was sensitive uh, to what Paul was feeling uh, at the moment. Uh, there was a sensitivity in me. Uh, and because there was a sensitivity in me, uh, I can feel uh, because I've been tempted at all points like you were. I can tell how to rescue you out of that situation. Go tell Peter. Tell Peter. 
I know his sensitivity. I know what he's after. I know what's going on. We've got to get a hold of our mind, in our hearts and our minds. Acts 17, 27. As we look fast in the Lord, we've got to begin to feel after him so we can find him. He is not far from any one of us. He's right there. The answer is to get in the spirit. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Uh, these are two things that go against each other, and it's impossible to go in two directions at the same time. Either you are feeding your flesh, uh, or you are feeding your spirit. Uh, it's impossible to go in two directions uh, at the same time. Uh, one step takes you closer to one thing uh, and further from another. Uh, you've got to make up in your mind, uh, which way are you walking? Uh, are you walking after the flesh, uh, or after the Spirit? Uh, because there's no condemnation condemnation if you walk after the spirit for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death for what the law could not do in that it was weak to the flesh God sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh that for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh but they that are after the spirit the things of the spirit for to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God is not subject to the law of God neither indeed can be so they that are in the flesh cannot please God but as it is written I have not seen, ear have not heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of men the things which God hath things which God has prepared, things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them to us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For what Man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit of man which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit. Now, we have not received the spirit of this world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely, freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in this world, but of man's wisdom teaching, but which is the Holy Ghost teaches. That's what we're going after, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things, comparing spiritual with spiritual and the natural man receiveth not the spirit of God for they are foolishness to him neither knoweth him but ye are in the spirit flowing discerning reaching and I brother could not speak to you as spiritual but as unto carnal but as unto babes in Christ for I fed you with milk and not with meat, for whereunto you are not able to bear it, neither now are you able. For ye are yet carnal. For wherefore is among you envy and envy and strife and division? Carnal. Carnal. Envy, strife, division. Carnal. Envy, strife, division. Carnal. Not spiritual, carnal. Envy, strife, division, carnal. And walk as men. You walk just as men. He's saying, wait a second. You're supposed to be living beyond your five senses. 
You're supposed to be walking in the Spirit, living in the Spirit, moving in the Spirit. But no, you're walking as men. Some translations put this, walking as mere men. Otherwise, uh, while you're try- you should be walking in the Spirit, living in the Spirit, uh, I'm having to feed you milk and not meat uh, because you keep going back uh, and allowing your life to simply be led uh, by your five senses uh, instead of tapping into something else. Uh, you're living like a mere man. Uh, you're like everybody else. Let me go back to my youth camp days. I used to preach this all the time at youth camps. You ever heard of Superman? Someone's lying here. You ever heard of Superman? There we go. Someone about to do a quick altar call. <laughs> oh, Superman. All the power. He wasn't a mere man, you know. I told him years ago, I said, I used to think I wanted to be like Superman. But as it turns out, Superman wants to be like me. Because he ain't got real power, but I do. But let me tell you, you remember his arch enemy, old Lexi baby? Yeah. Lex Luthor, he would get this piece of kryptonite. Remember what kryptonite was? It was a piece of the world that Superman left. And what Lex found out, if I could get a piece of the world he left close enough to him, he loses his power. And so what happens is we start dealing with all the things of this world, and we begin to walk as mere men. We walk like everybody else. What's happened? A piece of the world keeps getting closer and closer to us. We keep watching it, listening to it, being around it, reading about it, and a piece of the world. And then we can't figure out why we don't walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. We can't figure out why we're not moving in the Spirit. What's going on? we got to file that flesh away and say let me be sensitive to God again let me be sensitive to the things of God again it's time for a wake up call in your soul in your spirit what's wrong can you not feel right now are you dead to what I'm saying right now are you so close to the world you've lost your sensitivity to God Let me tell you what will happen. Whenever you get in the spirit, you may be seated. The Holy Ghost will tell you where to go. Acts 13 and 2. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me out, Barnabas and Saul, for the work. You know what happened? While Saul had such authority as he was under authority, when they told him to go to Tarsus and wait, he went there and waited for years until they called him back. And when they called him back, the Spirit bade them go. You'll begin to go because the Spirit will tell you. Also, the Spirit will let you know what's coming down the road. Acts 10, 19. And while Peter thought on these things, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. And then we have Cornelius. Because Peter was sensitive to the Spirit, knowing what's coming down the road. That's how you find out. What do I do? How do I strategize? There comes a point that your strategy will mean nothing. You've got to rely on the Spirit. But if you're not in the Spirit, you miss the clues. Sometimes the Holy Ghost is going to tell you no. But I'm doing the will of God. No. Acts 16, 6 and 7. Now when they had gone through Persia in these regions of Galilee, and they were forbidden, forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word. And they said, what? No, I'm preaching the word. No, I'm doing my thing. 
The Bible says the Holy Ghost said no. You're not going to do it right now. See, what will happen is you will jump ahead of what God has for you if you decide, well, I've just got my own thing going. I'm just going to do my own thing. No, but if you're sensitive to the Holy Ghost, do you think that the Word of God was never going to be preached in Asia? No, but it wasn't the right time. But if they would have jumped ahead of the time, they would have messed up what Paul was going to do later. You've got to be sensitive enough to the Spirit that when the Spirit says no, you say, okay. Not, well, I'm doing the will. I'm doing the will of God. I'm doing the will of God. He said to preach. Yes, he did say to preach. But if you don't stay connected to the Spirit, you're not going to know when to do it and how to do it. The next verse, they went again, and they said, we're going to go here. But the Spirit again suffered them not to. Holy Ghost is going to take you into places you don't want to go. The Bible says in Matthew 4 and 1, and the... Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. We miss the temptations. We have our own temptations, but we miss the temptations that God lines up for us. The temptations that God lines up for us are the things that make us stronger. But whenever we miss the temptations that God has laid up for us, because we're not walking in the Spirit, we begin to form our own temptations that God has not put in our path, uh, that the devil has. Uh, that's why we've got to be led by the Spirit. Uh, we've got to stop just being like a bull in a china closet. We've got to say, listen, uh, Spirit, speak to me. Uh, and that's not going to happen uh, with just a little five-minute prayer before service uh, or a little prayer at the altar call. We've got to get a hold of God and cut this flesh away. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit itself bearing witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, even so we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified with him. You say, well, I'm going through stuff. The Spirit is trying to direct you. The Spirit is trying to lead you. But if you don't stay plugged in the Spirit, you're going to reach and it's not going to mean anything to you. Let me tell you, the victories that's going to mean the most to your life uh, are the things that the Spirit, uh, it goes beyond the five senses. Uh, it's that sixth sense that kicks in, uh, that walking in the Spirit uh, that goes beyond what you can see and touch. Uh, I promise you uh, that the, the battle of Jericho was not a five-sense battle. They didn't look at it and say, we could take it. They didn't hear what was going in and on in there and say, we could take it. That's not where it was. Uh, the Spirit uh, spoke to, to, to Joshua and said, it's time to start walking around. Uh, this makes no sense, uh, but I'm walking in the Spirit. Uh, it was beyond uh, what he could figure out with his five senses. Uh, there are people in this place today. Uh, the Holy Ghost is trying to speak to you. Uh, and I, I, there are those, uh, I can feel it in my spirit, uh, that you have been resisting the entire time I've been preaching. Uh, and let me tell you once again, uh, I, I'm glad you're here because I'm going to be in this altar if nobody else is in this altar. But what I'm telling you is in a world that's going crazy like it's going crazy and the pressure that we're feeling, the only way that we're going to make heaven and help our families make heaven is for us to get the flesh cut away from us and to get in the Spirit. Stand with me. What do you do with it? What are you doing with it? 
You're starting to see, hey, I'm letting too much flesh rule my life. Come on, what are you doing with it? little sarcastic grin just ain't helping you, is it? Huh? The proud look ain't helping you. You're just dealing with all this stuff. What are you going to do with this reflection looking back at you when you're saying, man, i got to get a hold of myself. Pastor Jason, what are you doing? How are you leading this church, man? What's giving you the ideas to go into the next year? Jason, what are you doing? What are you doing? What's leading your life? What's directing your life? Today, you've got all kind of sin in your life. You need to be running to an altar and repenting. you got stuff. Don't be a Saul that says, oh, I look okay. As long as I look okay, I'll be okay. Don't be a Saul. Be a David that falls on your face and says, God, don't take your presence from me, whatever you have to do. I don't care what you're facing today. Uh, the Spirit is the way to get through it. Uh, we've got to tune in to the Spirit once again. Uh, we've got to cut this flesh away from us uh, and let the Holy Ghost uh, begin to lead our lives once again. Uh, come on. Uh, what began in the Spirit, uh, you cannot now do in the flesh. Guest, I am sorry. I'm sorry I'm preaching with such passion. I'm sorry I don't have something sweet for you. But even you, you need to get a hold of what I'm preaching today. I'll preach street one of these days, but today I want somebody to get a wake-up call. Family's falling apart. You need to get in the spirit. So much strife and so much anger. You need to get in the spirit. You have no power because the world has creeped in on you. And you can't walk in the spirit when the flesh is there. Come on, why don't you begin to file away some flesh today? Why don't you begin to file away some flesh today? And be sensitive once again to what the spirit is saying. Oh, the Holy Ghost is moving right now. Sir, you ought to just walk to the altar. Ma'am, you just ought to walk to the altar. That's it. You ought to just lift your hands and lift your voice. You ought to just begin to cry out. You begin to search your heart. You need to repent of the sins in your life. You need to realize that you cannot please God if you're walking in the flesh. In the name of Jesus, awaken something within us, God. Create in me a clean heart. Come on, there it is. Come on, there's a breaking that's beginning to happen. Right now, begin to lift your voice as you pray. There's something about your voice. Begin to lift as you pray. It helps you get beyond yourself. Uh, let your voice out as you begin to talk to God. Uh, in the name of Jesus. Uh, That's it. Let your voice out. There you go. Come on. The Holy Ghost is trying to wake somebody up. The Holy Ghost is trying to stir somebody. Come on, that's it, right where you are. Let those tears flow down your face. That's it, right where you are. Let those tears begin to flow down your face. Go ahead, begin to reach after him. Oh, Jesus. 
Oh, God, help me, help me, help me, help us, God, help us, God. Come on, there's somebody tapping into it. Somebody else tap in. Come on, somebody else tap in. How long has it been, been since you've been moved in the Spirit? How long has it been since you really reached in the Spirit? Ah, that's it. Come on, let the deep things happen. Come on, God may lead you into a wilderness, but you're going to come out on the other side uh, ready with the ministry God has for you uh, in the name of Jesus. Ministers begin to move and pray right now. Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. There's something happening. Come on. I know I'm pulling today, but 